Welcome to the Affordable Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hewn. Our mission is to help you gain your freedom from the exhausting, never-ending corporate rat race. Because time is our most valuable asset. And life's just too short to do work we hate. Thanks for slowing down. All right, welcome to the Affordable Freedom Podcast, everyone. My guest today is my friend Mitch Underwood. Thanks for slowing down with us today. So Mitch and I connect on a lot of levels, but none more so than our shared values, and particularly when it comes to prioritizing human relationships over financial transactions. His first line of his LinkedIn profile really says it all, so I thought I'd share that with you. It says, this isn't about me. This is about you and the problems you might run into securing health coverage in a broken system. And I think the best leaders are the ones who serve others first. And Mitch is right. The healthcare system is broken. I can tell you this firsthand as a two-time cancer survivor that was lucky enough to have good health insurance. But also, I got a close-up look at how the sausage was made. And broken systems tend to create fear, And fear can incentivize unethical salespeople who want to capitalize on your fear. And that's not the affordable freedom way. Around here, we create value for others first. And money is simply the reward for being a good human and helping people out. So Mitch is really an ideal guest for the show today. Mitch, my man, how's it going? It's going great, Brian, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Really glad to be here. Of course. Glad to have you. So let's jump into, uh, real quick, let's jump into the bomb that you dropped in the first line of your LinkedIn profile. So tell us more about why the healthcare <laughs> system is broken and kind of tell us what you mean by that. Well, I think it's just, I think everyone knows it. They all know that there's something wrong and primarily it's just the cost, right? Um, the cost is just outrageous and it's really, you know, I think a lot of times people kind of point to the cost of insurance, which is really a correlation of the cost of healthcare. Cost of healthcare in this country is just through the roof. Uh, so number one, that is that is a large issue right there in and of itself. It's just the cost of healthcare in this country is untenable, uh, and it's just go, it's getting worse literally every single year. Um, you do also have problems with just access. So if you do not have insurance through a large company it's kind of like good luck, right? (laughs) You're really left to fend for yourself. Um, There's not a lot of good options really available to you. um, And there's not really a lot of good, clear, kind of unbiased information that you have access to on on some level. Uh, You go in, you type in health insurance, you know, you get prompted to pull up quotes, put in your information, and then your phone gets blasted like crazy by, you know, a hundred different telemarketers trying to sell you their product with no real context of what is actually the best thing for your situation. Um, So it's, it's just tough, man. It's tough sledding. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of misinformation. uh, And there's a lot of, a lot of problems out there with, you know, just inefficient coverage. And, and then, you know, like I said, the cost of healthcare, it's just, it's just through the roof. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons I know you, you refer to yourself as a, a health advocate, right? Right, right, exactly. That's kind of what I termed my my business, kind of the beginnings of that in December of mm-hmm. 2021, because I wanted to be different. Because I realized that in the health insurance world, you're typically really just dealing with a lot of people out there, just kind of pitching their product, just pitch, 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 and they're not really they're not really offering any value. They're not really bringing any information to the table 
that's going to actually help you to make an informed decision. It's just, hey, yeah, you should do this because this is what I do. Um, so I'm trying to bring a little bit more of an unbiased approach to it, a more consultative approach where, you know, people need deserve to know what all their options are and to be pointed in the right direction at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, I, I think about that often as a financial advisor where, um, you know, you know, it's a, it's a complex, often confusing, um, you know, world, you know, the world of investments and finance and, um, a big role that I have as a financial advisor is, is guiding people through that complexity and explaining things in a way that they understand and, and really kind of being that guide. And that's why I like how you refer to yourself as an advocate, because, uh, personally, like I'm, I'm a financial advisor and I still get a little bit nervous when it, when it comes to researching health insurance because of all the different nuances there are. So, um, it is important to have that trusted partner, you know, that can help guide you through these things. So can you tell us a little bit, um, right. maybe more about that? Like, like what are some of the experiences that you've had helping clients to, to navigate the, the marketplace? Yeah. You raise a good point to being kind of a financial advisor. You guys are dealing with, you know, someone's portfolio, you're dealing with their future. Um, but health insurance is a big part of their future, right? Um, so sometimes I know these people are not getting the the information that they need in that regard, uh, just because fi- not all financial planners have a good partner that they can turn to in the health insurance world. Um, so with that being said, a lot of the types of the, the clients that I'm dealing with are people that either they're retiring early, you know, maybe they're in their 50s, uh, or maybe they're going self-employed. Um, they're leaving their job to start their own business. And these are the types of people that really need health insurance guides because they're not going to be getting their insurance anymore through a large company. It's not just being given to them and they just pick it and it's, you know, it's good insurance, right? So client experiences a lot of times kind of are reflected in people really not understanding just how much different it is um, to find insurance on your own. Um, You know, you'll hear people sometimes say the health insurance, like there's just like, this is just this amorphous thing. Like you can just get health insurance and it's going to be like what you're used to. And then they find out pretty quickly once they're looking in the individual market, just how different it is um, than having it through your employer. Typically, it's going to be much, uh, it's going to be much more expensive. Your employer is probably paying a huge percentage of what your plan cost was. So you're going to be picking up the full bill now. Uh, and then number two, you might be left with very few options in terms of, um, you know, quality of coverage. You know, you might be having to settle for, you know, an eight, a limited HMO plan, you know, where you can only go to one or two hospitals in your area. Uh, no coverage outside of that zip code, basically. So um, these are kind of some of the issues that people run into um, and, and even tax issues. So, you know, if you're going through the government marketplace options, you're dealing with, you know, uh, having to estimate. Uh, your income for the coming year. Uh, and if you, if you incorrectly estimate, if you, if you underestimate and you make more money than you thought you were going to make and you, the government gives you a subsidy for your premium, they could actually charge that back at the end of the year in taxes. Uh, so there's, there's so many different things people have to be on the lookout for. And it's really hard to know what to look for if you're not doing this every day, yeah. you know? Um, so it's very easy to make a mistake and, and end up in a bad situation. So that's, for me, that's kind of what I'm dealing with with clients on a, a regular basis is kind of listening to where they're at and what, you know, what are their, what are their needs? What do they expect from this? And, you know, can we actually find something that's actually going to make sense for their situation? 
So I think you brought up an important point there, Mitch, and that's the distinction between health insurance through an employer and in the individual marketplace. When it's through your employer, it's pretty simple. You know, as long as you understand uh, basic terms like deductible, uh, premium, out-of-pocket max, you can kind of make a determination based on your situation, which of the two or maybe three plans are going to be best for you. But then you jump out into the individual marketplace and it's just, you know, policy overload. There's all these different plans, all these different nuances. And you start to think, is there something I'm missing out on? You know, am I doing enough research? Uh, right. is, is my plan going to be good enough? Right. Because that's going to be a major right. source of stress. Um, and I can attest to that. I remember, Absolutely. you know, going through chemotherapy and stressing out about whether insurance was going to cover something or if they weren't. Um, and thank God I had good health insurance. I could only imagine what the stress would feel like for someone who had bad insurance. So that was a really important point. And, um, you know, it's, 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 again, good to have somebody to kind of talk you through these things, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, to you know, just from my perspective, too, you know, before I started in this industry, I didn't know much about health insurance. And I look back and it's like night and day, you know, like I can't imagine trying to sort through this stuff on my own, not knowing what I know now. Um, and, you know, I'm a couple of years into this. So I like I feel like I'm still learning stuff every day. I can't imagine actually not really knowing much and trying to figure trying to figure this out into a concise time period. Uh, because there's so much that people have to consider. And part of that is, is when we talk about that distinction between an employer plan and an individual plan is, you know, for instance, if you're using that, that employer plan, like you actually do have a medical condition or you do take a, an expensive medication that, you know, your employer plan maybe pays for it. You may not even know how expensive it is if you didn't have that good insurance. And then you just kind of run off and go pick an, another health insurance plan. And all of a sudden, now you've got a $500 medication you have to pay for every month because it doesn't cover the medication. Uh, and you didn't even consider that when you made the switch. So you even before you leave your employer plan, you got to be cognizant of your personal situation. And it's really it's very similar, actually, to like what you do as a financial planner, where people probably ask you, so like, what should I do? And you're like, well, it, it depends. You know, yeah. right? it depends. Like we, I, it depends on what your what your situation is, what you're looking for. Uh, there's just there's no blanket answer, and that's the thing. I think people hate that, and that's a lot of times they want it to be easy. They want to say, "Hey, yeah, can you just send me some information? Can you send me a quote?" And it's like, no, not really. Uh, I mean, we got to have a conversation because I don't know where where you're coming from. I, I don't know what your needs are, what you what you're expecting. Um, you know, it's, you got to have a conversation with someone who knows what they're, what they're doing with this stuff or else you really do risk, uh, overlooking some pretty big pitfalls that could land you in a bad spot. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more there, Mitch. I think that goes with really any financial product, whether it's health insurance, life insurance, or a mutual fund. I mean, the, the product is only good if it solves a specific problem or fills a specific need for an individual. And we're all very different as individuals, different circumstances, different goals. So, um, so important to, to really understand who the person is before we just start sending out quotes. Exactly. So Mitch, you brought up a little bit about what somebody should be thinking about before they leave their job. And 
this is really the biggest fear for most people why they don't. Well, maybe not most people, but many people of why they don't lose uh, leave their job is because right. they don't want to lose that company health insurance, right? And to me, I kind of look right. at it in a very simple way. Like number one is if you can extend your employer coverage, uh, you know, do that for as right. long as possible. Then at that point, when that yeah. ends, you know, look into your Cobra options, which is a way to extend your employer right. insurance, but you're footing the right. entire bill. And, and really, I think this is more right. just like, um, you know, kind of getting a, a point of reference for when you do start shopping the individual market, because Cobra can be pretty expensive. And, and then once you've looked into that, then go and and kind of shop the individual market, which is something that you help folks with. So can you talk a little bit more in depth about kind of what this process would look like for somebody who um, is, is leaving right. their job and, and, and maybe a little bit more on what are the most important things they should consider before they even leave their job? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the timing and the planning is, is very important, just like with everything in life. And I don't think you're wrong to bring up that it's, you know, it can be someone's biggest fear or concern, you know, finding quality health insurance, you know, outside of their job, because, you know, I think it's like 66% of all bankruptcies in this country are because of medical bills. Mm. Uh, so you can't, it's one of those things like whether you, whether you think this is an interesting subject or not, whether you think it's uh, something you're worried about or not, you should be worried about it because if, if you are not adequately protected, and something major happens, you could be in some serious, you know, deep financial trouble. Um, so it's, it, I mean, it's, it, I absolutely cannot discount how important it is. And I know that there's people out there that keep working their job because they don't want to lose that insurance because they know, uh, they know they need it or, or, you know, they're worried if they don't have it, what, what they're going to do if something happens. Um, so as far as that process goes, I think, you know, first and foremost, what you want to consider is how, how much do you need the insurance? Because, I mean, there's plenty of people that are healthy, right? They have it. They know it's good insurance. They don't really use it. You know, they're healthy. They don't really even need to go to the doctor that often. Someone like that is in the best position possible, I would say, uh, just because that they are able to have access sometimes to private network plans uh, on the individual level that might actually be similar to what they've, what they've had through their job. So when you go into the individual marketplace, the healthier you are, the better generally is what I would say. I would say it actually gives you more options uh, because insurance companies at that point are looking at you individually. Um, some plans you might not be able to qualify for them if you have a certain health condition. Um, and sometimes this confuses people. They say, well, what about, I thought they, I thought they did away with the pre-existing clause. Yeah. That's just for your government marketplace plans. That's not all health insurance plans. There, there are private network plans available out there that you can apply for as an individual that are not affiliated uh, with the government marketplace. Um, so with that being said, if you're in that, if you're in that boat, if you're healthier, I would say you have all your, all your options on the table. Um, now, otherwise it's, if you are using your company insurance, you know, kind of like I alluded to before, maybe you take an expensive medication, maybe you're going through some sort of treatments or, you know, maybe your wife is pregnant, um, that kind of thing. That's a situation where you do want to really slow down and, and, and I would, I would su suggest talk to someone that can help kind of guide you along a bit. Um, because sometimes I run into people that are kind of making these big life transitions and putting themselves in a situation where they have to change, they might have to change their health coverage and they're in the middle of going through treatments. Mm. Um, or, you know, they have a, their, their, their spouse is pregnant and it's like, you just kind of 
<laughs> threw things into a wrench here as far as your health insurance goes because it changes. Um, so that's a big thing to consider. Um, but yeah, the Cobra, Cobra is typically expensive. Typically, that's what you're going to get offered when you leave your job uh, is you're going to be able to keep your coverage, but you're going to pay full price. Um, so that health plan for your family that maybe you only paid 500 bucks a month for, it might be 2000 bucks a month with Cobra. Um, and at that point, that's like sticker shock. People are like, whoa, I had no idea this was going to be so expensive. And, and now, like I said, the panic kind of sets in like, okay, so what do I do? Because I don't want to pay two grand a month. And that's where it kind of things get a little bit hazy and you're kind of scrambling to try to figure something out. So my best advice is if you're thinking about leaving your job, uh, if it's something that's on your mind, you want to address this topic first. Um, you want to get it out of the way. You don't want to just put it on the back burner and say, oh, well, I'll get it figured out because you might really be underestimating kind of what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, that's why I, I love the idea of an HSA. I, I think if somebody's thinking about mm. leaving the job or, or just would like to do that or have the freedom to do that at some point in the future, I think it can be a really smart move to start maxing out that HSA if you can. Um, sure. But get as much money in sure. there as you can before you leave your job. That way, when you do, maybe you can go with a cheaper high deductible plan. Um, sure. You know, ha have money of sure. plenty of money saved up to cover those deductibles each year uh, while you're building your business. Mm -hmm. So then maybe you can, you know, afford the premium because even though it's cheaper than what else is out there in the marketplace, right. it's still going to be more expensive than what you were paying at your employer. So what are your thoughts sure. on those on high deductible plans and maybe who might benefit from those? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good, important uh, thing to bring up. So the HS HSAs are really, obviously really um, advantageous uh, for people, I think, that are interested in long-term planning uh, just because of the, you know, the triple tax benefit. Uh, I mean, I think that's pretty, you know, pretty fantastic. But I think for people that, to me anyway, people that works best for or again, I would say a younger person that's, you know, healthier, that doesn't use their, their health insurance a lot, um, where, you know, a, a, you know, a premium PPO type of health insurance plan, maybe that's not really something that they're that interested in because they don't really use, they don't really go to the doctor a lot. And granted, this stuff can change at any time, but, you know, assuming that they stay healthy, they take good care of themselves and that nothing happens. Uh, why not? You know, why not have an HSA account where you can max that money out? You've got that money sitting there so that you know if something does happen, you can just pull that money out of the account, pay that high deductible and and get everything taken care of if, if it comes to that. Um, so I do think that that is a, a smart move to go, uh, particularly if you're that sort of person. Um, but I would also you know caution against too um, if you do uh, have an HSA plan. Most of the times those those high deductible plans they are HMO plans um, typically. So typically, and, and just for anyone listening who doesn't know, an HMO is basically a limit a fairly limited network of doctors and hospitals. It's usually confined to one or two zip codes in the area that you live. Um, so sometimes people sign up for these plans and then they find out that no one accepts their insurance. Uh, so you even then, uh, this is one of these type of pitfalls you got to watch out for. Make sure that the doctor and hospital that you want to go see accepts the plan that you that you're signing up, or else you're putting yourself in a bad position again. Um, so even with even with something like that, you still got to be careful uh, because you can still end up with an insurance plan that you can't use, um, and that that defeats the whole purpose, right? Um, but, uh, and even so also just so we're clear too, even though sometimes a high deductible plan can be less expensive, 
That's not necessarily always the case. If you're a higher earner, uh, if you do make a lot of money, like say you make two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, and you try to sign up uh, for a high deductible plan through the marketplace, it probably will still be pretty expensive, actually, because they actually base their rates on your income. Mm. Um, so if you're going that route, it may actually still end up costing you quite a bit each month. Um, so this, it's, it, again, it's it depends on your situation. It's something you want to weigh out and um, ideally have all your cards on the table and not just be kind of thinking, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this because it may, it may not be the right thing hmm. for you. Yeah, that's those are good points to bring up. So, um, you know, maybe for somebody who is, like you said, young and healthy, doesn't expect to be going to, to too many doctor yeah. or hospital visits throughout the year, it could make sense to have that high deductible plan. I mean, if you got yeah. some kind of a, a chronic condition, probably not going to be a good choice for you. But I think yeah, if it is, I mean, and, and maybe if somebody leaves their job and, and they're not going to have much of an income for a little while, maybe for a year or two until they get things up and running while they're starting right. a business, then they don't run into yeah. that issue with the high income. But I think if it is right. the right situation for right. you, which, again, talking to somebody like Mitch right. is a, a good way to find that out, uh, that, that HSA, I mean, even if you don't use the money for um, yeah. you know, medical expenses... Right like during that transition right. as you're building a business, yeah, you'll even be able to use those assets in retirement, you know, without paying a penalty and you can exactly. use them for medical expenses at any point in your life without paying any taxes on, on the distributions, which could come in Absolutely. handy later in life. So definitely a good and, and flexible tool for the right situation. Right. Absolutely. So Mitch, you brought up a point earlier, um, you talked about the difference between the government marketplace for individual insurance and the mm -hmm. private market for individual insurance. Sure. So can sure. you talk a little bit more about those, just kind of differentiate between the two and then, you know, may maybe tell us a little bit about who should be considering, you know, which platform. Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, as far as this goes in this country, one of the things that, you know, getting back to kind of the broken system, is it's different in every state. Every state has a board of insurance that kind of dictates the laws of that state, how insurance is sold in that state, what sort of plans can be sold in that state. So it's not uniform. Uh, that's another thing to consider in this conversation is it's not a uniform thing. It does depend on what state you're in. Um, so there is variation. So like, for instance, I'm here in Texas. Uh, in Texas on the government marketplace, the only type of plans you can find are like HMOs. There's no PPOs. Uh, a lot of states are like that. Um, but there's also states like, I think, Illinois, Arkansas, I want to say North Carolina, where you can actually get a PPO through the marketplace. Um, so that's a situation where sometimes that's pretty advantageous. You might actually be able to find, um, you know, a higher quality of network of doctors and hospitals that you have access to and maybe get a subsidy from the government and, and find a pretty inexpensive health plan. Um, so it depends kind of what state you're in, but as far as that difference between the private market and the, the marketplace, um, really when you're looking at government Obamacare plans, again, they're primarily based on your, your income. Um, so they are going to look at total household income. So for anyone listening, can't just put your income and say, oh, well, my husband, he makes a lot more money than me, but it has nothing to do with him. I'm putting myself on this plan. So it's just my income. No, they look at total household income. Um, so make sure you're being careful uh, with what you're reporting to the government because 
they will look and see that tax return. And if it's if you if there's a lot more money in that household than you said there was um, being brought in, um, like I said, that could end up being a tax penalty. So regardless of who is applying for the insurance, it's going to be based primarily on your income. Um, there are no pre-existing clauses, which is great. Uh, it, they will cover pre-existing conditions. Uh, but what you should know, too, is that you can only sign up through open enrollment or if you have a special enrollment. Now, special enrollment outside of like November, December, January, that kind of thing. That's going to be if you move to a different state, if you did just lose insurance through your job, that kind of thing. So you do. It is time sensitive on some level. Um, now, as far as private network plans go, sometimes these are, you know, these are plans you can Google and kind of look up. But I'm just going to give everyone a spoiler alert. If you Google health insurance plans, the only stuff you're going to find online is it might they might say they're PPO plans, but they're all going to be short-term health insurance. Um, they're all going to be some sort of limited benefit type of plan where you could be exposed, essentially, is what it is. So it, it, you might say, oh, well, I found this PPO online. It looks really inexpensive. It's United Healthcare. It's it's Blue Cross or whatever. Um, but the, what you what you're not you know what you're not seeing is that it's a contract. You you're only signing up for maybe six or twelve months at a time on that plan which means that your plan that you could lose coverage in the middle of a claim. So if you're at the end of that contract and something's going on, you could end up losing your coverage because it's a private insurance plan you signed up for with a contract. They don't have to renew your contract. You filed a claim with them during the course of that year and cost them money on that contract. They can dump you. Um, so it's really not a good long-term strategy to just kind of go online and, and Google private insurance options and sign up something. Um, there are some private um, options available um, that you can access through like a broker uh, who might be able to like customize a plan for you that is like a PPO type option that might be similar to like the coverage you had working for your, you know, your company. Um, but that, again, those are things where you'd have to talk to someone to kind of get access to it because not everything is just online. Um, so the private world is kind of different in that sense and that you do have some options you can easily sign up for. But typically, they're pretty limited, and they're not necessarily what you need or what you want out of a health insurance plan. So, again, there's a lot to consider. Uh, but those are some things to be on the lookout for, and and just to be aware of uh, is that you know that's what you can expect when you're kind of diving into that. You know, looking at private versus government marketplace. Well, great information there, Mitch. There are certainly a lot of things to know, and I'm grateful to have you as a friend so that I can bounce things off you whenever I have questions. <laughs> um, all right, Mitch. Well, man, this has been a lot. We've covered a lot of ground here in a short period of time. Um, what other thoughts would you have? Would you, would you just leave with the listeners here today? Yeah, I would just say, you know, ask, ask good questions, you know, uh, be very uh, curious. Yeah, while it's a kind of a boring subject for most, you actually do really want to kind of do your homework and dive into this stuff. So, um, you know, and that's, you know, that's part of why I post so much uh, helpful, con or try to post so much helpful content on LinkedIn is because I want to make sure people are making good informed decisions. Uh, and that's what you should be doing at the end of the day, no matter what you decide to do. I would not say it's an open and shut conversation where I'm just going to do this or I'll just do this. You should dive into it. You should ask questions. You should look and say, OK, what am I missing here? You know, what is the drawback of this plan? Don't just focus on the positives of anything that you're doing. Ask yourself what the drawbacks are. And is there something we could be doing that makes more sense? Um, because a lot of times there is. Uh, most times it, the first option is not necessarily the best. Uh, so ask good questions, um, 
you know, don't just jump the gun on this. You know, it takes some time to take a, a hard look at it. Uh, and, and if you're unsure and you have questions, you really have no idea where to start, you know, ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. You know, people are willing to help, usually help answer any questions you have, uh, to, you know, to make sure that, you know, you're not, you know, messing up and making a decision that's going to have, you know, long lasting ramifications. All right. Well, Mitch, thanks again for coming on today. Um, if you're not following Mitch yet on LinkedIn, I definitely recommend it. Uh, we'll make sure that his name is is in the, the show notes. And uh, thanks for tuning in today, everybody. Mitch, thanks again. Take care, buddy. Thanks so much, brother. You too, man. Thanks for listening today. And if you have a moment, check out my website at reflectivewealth.com. Everything you need to know about my business is there. Because if there's one thing I've learned in my career transparency and accountability are critical to a healthy financial services industry. Thanks and see you next time.